Good evening, one and all. This is episode 82 of Two Minutes for Chatting, and we actually have, for the first time in a while, a bit of ice hockey news. So that is kind of exciting, along with the news of a, of a vaccine as well. Today, I didn't have that in my notes, but I've just added it now. Uh, so the combination so of those two things are looking are looking looking all right. Yeah, definitely. Um, coincidence that they both sort of announced around about the same thing. Yeah, well, if they tie yes. in and we and we get some kind of action earlier than we expected, then buzzing. If not, still buzzing for when it comes back. But uh, the the main news that was announced. Since we last recorded, was a a three hundred million winter survival package announced for sports by the UK government, of which four million I think was stated to be heading to the sport of ice hockey. A uh, so initially sounded really good news. Then on the face of it, I don't think the teams in Scotland immediately can get access to it. Uh, that we need to apply for it but it's good I suppose to hear that they are considering that as one of the sports to look at given it's widely stated I think is it the highest attended indoor sport in the UK that's been bandied around I know but you'd think that that would encourage some sort of financial backing and it looks like it maybe has yeah I, I think so um Definitely, I mean, it's a it's a step in the right direction for um, for the sport for um, for next season, definitely. But I think the the thing was that they had to use any funding this or for like what would have been this year, and I think that's what's kind of spurred the um, spurred the league into action to try and get something sorted for um, for the start of next year. Yeah, exactly that. I had a, I had a look and it, it did mention that um, the the funding was on the the condition of a return to play at the start of next year and following that there was a EIHL kind of press release, I guess if you want to call it that, about the possibility of something in January. Uh, the way that the clan press and Gareth's articles are talking about it it doesn't seem like we're totally planning for that, but uh, even just to see anything there would be excellent in some capacity. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it was uh, Tony Smith who, sort of, I guess, kind of broke the news almost um, that you know f- funding was there, um, but it only covers the. The teams in England, which, um, which you know, only make up half the league. So, um, but it's good to it's good to hear that there's, you know, sort of steps are in place to try and secure uh, similar funding, I guess, for for the rest of the teams in the league. Um, so, I mean, uh, yeah, as I say, it's like a, it's a step in the right direction, and um, you know, hopefully that that funding comes through and we can. Um, start to look forward to um, to ice hockey being back again. Yeah, it was the way it was phrased. It was implied that the 
the funding would be, uh, you know, the league itself as a whole would be applying for the funding. So obviously all teams included as part of that. Uh, but we've got obviously Cardiff and the teams here uh, and also Belfast who have to do some work for that. But it, it seems like Pasha, Omar Pasha at Dundee and Gareth Chalmers are working hard on that, which you, is good to hear and you'd kind of expect. Um, so, you know, if that means that we can definitely play next season or even something a bit earlier, however, that helps with recruitment or I don't know what, the, I've got no idea what the conditions of the funding are, if it has to be used for a specific thing you know sometimes these kind of packages are restricted to what you can use it for but uh, yeah I, I would be surprised if we saw any clan involvement as such in the start of next year but Gareth had talked about um, you know that the coach recruitment process is ongoing he would hope to have someone in place March or April uh, to give them plenty of time to work towards a start of a a season in August, September. So, I yeah. mean, the, the coach thing's been a, a drawn-out saga, but uh, given that much time, you like to think we can get a good candidate in and the prospect of actually some play as well, that'll help. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's kind of one thing that, you know, if something was to happen at the start of next year, then I would obviously have to accelerate well, Quite, quite a number of different things and obviously a head coach would be the top priority there but um, yeah, can we play without a coach <laughs> probably we'll be just as good at times without one than we have been with one well yeah um, yeah exactly that's it so I mean it's, it's still a bit kind of up in the air now but definitely you know kind of looking forward and um you know, hopefully getting back to some kind of normality for um, for even for the start of next season. Um, it's all kind of it's all kind of good news as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it is. Um, I I could see us with, you know, if we were like forced into playing for some reason, or we had to play to satisfy the funding conditions or whatever it was then we'd just get some kind of player-coach type system. I don't know if it would just be Brit players or... I, I can't see a real organised uh, event at the start of next year. I think that would be a lot to ask. But obviously a, a fair number of the players, UK or the Brit players and otherwise, have been, have been getting some action in different leagues. So... I don't know whether they'd all come back for something in January or I don't know. Uh, I know it's just yeah, like players and contracts and stuff like that as well that you don't um, don't really know what what a lot of players' deals are like and um, it also kind of depends on when other seasons finish as well, I guess. Exactly, a lot of them will be contracted to play. To play longer, um, although I'd, I'd imagine a good few of them will have clauses that they can uh, come back or play in other clubs at the start of the year, but we will see. Um, 
t- talking about contracts, we had a good interview with our favourite Dane, Rasmus Bierum, recently. Uh, and one of the interesting points he brought up was about his, his brother, who kind of took out a contract um, for a few months, which sounded like he had the intention of maybe trying out another league. But then the COVID happened and whatever else, so he's been released. Uh, but Rasmus implied he would be very keen to come back. We've said before he'd be one of the first names I would like to have back. Um, but hopefully a number of the the players kind of share that uh, intention. Yeah, I think like um, judging from uh, from Bierum's interview, he seemed to really enjoy his time here and in Scotland, and um, you know he, he kind of used this uh, the kind of term that you know it was like one big hockey family because you've got uh, the majority of the team were coming in from elsewhere. Um, and I guess you don't really, you wouldn't really get that in too many other places. So um, I think he kind of enjoyed that. I think he, you know, he, he'd up until that point had been playing in Denmark um, for his whole career. So wanted to try something else, and um, yeah, just kind of, you know, seemed to really enjoy his time here. So and obviously, um, in his two seasons here, he was. Um, Definitely one of our, one of our better players uh, over the course of, of those two years, and uh, you know definitely like to um, to have him back. And it's it's kind of good as well that he was that he was talking about saying that he would like to come back as well, and um, and the stuff with his brother as well. Um, yeah, could could potentially. Uh, I don't. I don't think they'd, they'd said as much as he was offered something by us, but it was kind of subtly in there that mm. uh, it would be a potential, um, you know, it'd be a, t- a potential offer in the future. I've never seen his brother play. I think they played uh, possibly in a pre-season game or a, a European game against. Cardiff or Sheffield maybe uh, right. last season his brother was playing uh, but that would just be you know always having the brother element would be cool but knowing Rasmus is, is a good player I would assume his brother is also yeah. a decent standard in it it shows that if you explore that market a bit more than we have in the past because I wouldn't say we've been known to recruit a lot of Scandinavian players but you know, we've he's been a good fit for the league, which they aren't always. Uh, and you know, he'll be a good way of spreading the word and identifying other kind of talent, because it is, it is out there, and I think he's improved as well since he's been at the league. It's not just he's at a higher level and he's not going to get any better. I think he's definitely improved as well, and he's doing yeah. well in Denmark since he's been back. Yeah, that's good. It's an interesting uh, point that you bring up. Um, I think you know it would be interesting to see to see him back and see him sort of continue to to improve as well, um, like he like he was. 
um, and you know, sort of that thing of looking to to Scandinavia for for more players, perhaps, and um, as you say, guys that kind of are quite suited to the league, and um, and that you know, kind of Scandinavian countries are perhaps a bit more physical than other places in Europe, um, which again sort of suits the the style of this league. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would just it'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, but that going forward and. Uh, you know, if it's a change in direction of recruitment, will happen at some point in the future. Yeah, well, it was it was certainly indicated uh, with the, the signing of the the younger university players, uh, but maybe we'll get a, a bigger Scandinavian contingent or something something along those lines. It it would be interesting. Uh, known as it would probably go horribly wrong and would be this time next year thinking why have we signed a whole, b- a whole bunch of terrible players from Denmark but nah, it'd be, having the, the Bjerum brothers would be cool um, and yeah I'd, I'd love to I'd love to see him back along with some others but I think he would be one of the few names that we actually will possibly see back uh, just with the timing of everything else in the retirement, so here's hoping. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how everything's affected. It could be a case of big budget cuts, knowing the financial state of things, and he maybe, from what I would guess, being one of the lower to middle range earners on the team last year, might go to being one of the higher earners. So you know, mm. it, it might be. Something like that, where we we do have to, we're forced in a in a new direction, but yeah, definitely need them back, and uh, let's see where we go from there. Yeah, I know that that's it as well. You were saying about a lot, a lot of guys from from last year had retired as well, and that's obviously something that that we we'll need to think about, and probably we're thinking about, like you say as well, signed those three guys. Um, so just out of uni as well, and uh, you know, you wonder again what the what the budgets are like going forward, and if that's something else that we'll look at, um, which could free up a bit more budget for um, for sort of good uh, Scandinavian players, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, or just good like, players uh, in general. Uh, yeah, just I, <laughs> I guess every team wants that, but yeah. Because there's not there's not too many players from last year really that we don't oh well, a couple that we don't know what what's happening with them but generally of the ones that we wanted I think most of the situations are quite clear um, so yeah he would be he would certainly be up there um, and a lot of others have moved on so uh, let's see I think it's it's quite exciting with that with the vaccine announcement obviously it's very early days and it'll be probably months before the general population gets access to that and that's assuming that there are no problems in between that but would you would you consider just like any kind of hockey action being good be that like live streams or whatever, would you just be 
would you be hoping that if they do something, bring it back that it's in the arenas and you're wanting the fans in? Um, I think they've kind of said already pretty much that they would, in order to kind of survive on a semi-decent budget, then they would need to have fans in the arena. Now, I, I don't know what this... Um, <coughs> what this money that's been made available will will mean for that or what that'll do. Um, but I think I'll just be happy to have any kind of any kind of hockey that, that is accessible, whether that's going to the games or um or if it's a stream for the game to be honest. I just um it's definitely been a it's been a big miss so far. Um and I know I know it will have been for, for a lot of other people as well and um yeah, just to kinda of have have that kinda of hope I guess, um that things are kinda of turning a corner and, um it was all kinda of, was all kinda of good positive news. Yeah, the the hope the hope is the good thing. I, I was sort of thinking of it from a point of view of some of this funding if if any of it went towards being able to provide a kind of streaming or something similar to that without needing the fans as such but it's not going to be significant enough money to allow that to happen because a lot of these teams run on you know big big budget so it's it's probably not it was more of a hypothetical kind of question but um yeah i think i think anything anything would be good but if if we get to if it has to be next August and you've got a full full arenas again, then that'll be a a great point to look forward to. Uh, and if anything before that, I think's a bonus. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That is my thought. Buzzing, buzzing, looking forward. To. Exactly. Yeah. So in in part two of this episode, um, we'll move on to some football chat, and there's a ton to catch up on with that as well. So we'll get some. Uh, guests on and crack on with that and catch it in part two of episode 82. Right, welcome back folks and we're joined by some special guests, Kev, uh, Dives and Mal, to talk about the weight being over, the 23 year weight, well it's 22 at the moment but it will be 23 uh, by the time we play in a major tournament, Scotland are back Everybody's buzzing. Huge. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, it's going to be good next summer. Not, not hugely enthusiastic sounding. No, that was a completely thing. Still not entirely convinced that happened. No, exactly. Well, the game the game itself, Ryan Christie scores 52 minutes. I think everybody's thinking this is definitely it. Then classic Scotland style. Luka Jovic equalises 90th minute header from a corner I'm thinking nah it's done at that point are you the same or were you thinking we're still doing this were you sitting there thinking I was me and we Charlie were sitting thinking it's done I yeah we were done. yeah yeah I did as well I think I think everybody kind of did you just kind of expect that really from from Scotland Um so given the circumstances as well so a 90th minute uh, would have been it's a classic, classic Scotland way to to crumble under pressure and then 
go on to losing an extra time, but obviously we didn't. Especially after taking off all our best players in a few minutes. Before, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Questionable. The worst. That, well, that was another thing. I thought it was actually a really good. I thought we played really well for most of that game. Uh, and you're thinking, sitting there thinking, taking off the best players is that is that a, is that a gamble? It turned out to be a gamble, but um, in the end, we're getting through in pens. So I think we just take every team to penalties that we can. That's how we win the tournament. Uh, worked for Portugal through all their group stage games and then drew their way through the tournament. They did have Ronaldo to score all of their goals to draw those games. It was injured for the final. It was for the final. Yeah, we can replicate an Ed there. We've got a few Ed there's in the team, I think. Not many I don't know if Lonnie Barney could replicate. That's our Ed there. First Scotland goal in the final. I wish somebody could. I wish somebody could have edited the ball at that corner. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was going into the shootout. I I still didn't think that that we were going through. But uh, the the winning moment with Marshall having to check with the ref, the VAR, whether he was off the line or not, is just shite. Kind of ruined it, but. Uh, after that, now it was it was brilliant. Yeah, it was kind of shy at the time, but I completely forgot that they would have to check. Or the uh, just as soon as he saved it, I just yeah, I'd let it. I just lost it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't actually. I don't think I noticed that he was even that he'd even hesitated at all. I think I'd kind of fully celebrated by the time that they they'd sort of checked it. Yeah, I was in the floor. He slid, you know, <laughs> back up the screen, and he was still waiting. It was, just, it was all good. So just incredible, yeah. incredible. And I forgot as well that he made that really, really good save in extra time as well, tipping one round the post. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, which, yeah, which did keep us in it because, as you said, Sam, for like 80, 85 minutes of the game, we were so much better than them. So much better, like. Controlled it completely. Didn't create too much, but had everything. Had all the ball. Had all the chances. And then yeah, yeah. Jamie shot it for once. We, we, so we've, <laughs> we've had games in the past. Where we've not created much, but not played well. I think the difference there was we felt. I felt that we were playing quite well. Uh, and again, five pretty good penalties really. Uh, was it Griffiths that came on and took the first one, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. And then Mitrovic that missed, or the yeah the one that was saved. So I mean they and they are a good team. I think they went. Did they not hammer Russia in one of their following Nations yeah. League games? So it's four one or something. Yeah, it's a it's a great. We did say we thought that we could do it, but I'm still not sure I ever actually really believed it. But you've got to wonder why Serbia didn't turn up. They were just, they looked so nervous. And they didn't offer anything. You wonder why they were so, they were so poor. Yeah, Scotland looked yeah. a lot more confident. So I yeah. think Scotland did really well to stop them from playing. Like, they never got into any sort of rhythm. Even at the end, when they equalised, you wouldn't say they'd been piling on 
loads of pressure. It was just a, it was a bit of a goal out of nothing. Um, so credit's gone for that, but I Serbia were not impressive at all, really. No, yeah. I know. Rumor, rumor has it that uh, they get Neil Lennon into the dressing room before they get. So <laughs> 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 talk tactics <laughs> or not tactics. <laughs> yeah, he certainly wasn't in the Scotland dressing room because Ryan Christie opened the scoring with <laughs> with a a good strike actually. I thought it was a good goal, um, and generally some other players that have come in for quite a lot of stick. I think probably had some of their best games, uh, just at the right time. You know that was the time that we needed the likes of McTominay, Declan Gallagher. And so on to step up. I think they did. Yeah, I think if you it, it looked like the players were finally comfortable. We watched a lot of games where the three five two looked as if it wasn't working at all, and it looked like the wrong system. But if that was all preparation for that final, then it worked perfectly because the player guys like O'Donnell as well as the players you mentioned, um, all played really really well. So they finally made yeah. if the system was suiting the players we had. You got that sort of. One Stephen O'Donnell game where he's good, yeah. uh, right at the right time for once. Because then uh, the following to the he's back to his usual actually job ourselves uh, to just launch in the ball out of play. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a broken FIFA glitch cross thing that he did at one point. That's the thing though. Like it was, uh, you got to give like Steve Clark, Steve Clark a lot credit for that as well. Just to kind of build confidence in the squad to be able to go out and not have any fear and play the way they did and uh, you know kind of ultimately to get qualification which is obviously amazing for for any coach to be able to get uh, like a, a team from Scotland to have confidence but yeah <laughs> getting the best out of players that have not ever had the best out of like Ryan Jack and Callum McGregor they're they're both immense against Serbia. Just looked so comfortable together in midfield. Um, it's just excellent. So hopefully there's more of that to come. But then I suppose it was slightly set back with the, the two games afterwards. That shows you still a work in progress, especially going forward. I think. Yeah, I mean, any anybody would have said, and we'd said that you would take the qualification over anything else, and we got it. Uh, the, the two games afterwards, I think the players were probably still uh, still hammered in a, <laughs> in a sense, which you can you can kind of forgive. Uh, we had that chance to to get promoted in the Nations League group, didn't take it, but I mean, we're really not, I'm not caring about it, and I don't think ma- many people are. By the time it comes to next summer, we'll be hopefully at, at our, our best Serbia level as opposed to Israel level um, that's a hope yeah it's a lift for the whole Scottish football now because you get players there'll be players playing in the top flight who will think they've got a place to play for players like Kevin Nisbet um, who's it's only going to motivate a lot of younger Scottish players um, I think, and it said a lot about the spirit of the team because I, if the team had reacted the way that we all did um, to concede in the last minute, then we would have lost 5 1 extra time. <laughs> <laughs> the players had the bounce back, like the Marshall save that Deves mentioned was amazing. They, you know, we didn't play particularly well in extra time, but we, we managed to take it to penalties and 
like apparently now we can be really confident when Scotland have to play penalties. You can be confident in Marshall, you can be confident in five takers, so that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the group we're in, Group D with England, Croatia and Czech Republic. Um, that The home advantage, you would say, would possibly come into it with crowds, but who knows if we're even going to get crowds. But what, what do you think the chances are that we can sneak out of that even in as the best third place team? I think we, should be, we definitely should be worried about playing the Czech Republic. I mean, yeah. That is a that is a, a Scottish way of predicting games, isn't it? Some kind of eating challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot there that the, the octopus doesn't know the meaning of the flags in the evening. Yeah, so we'd just be um I would say that uh, England I mean we could we could beat England but I think you know they they are a pretty good side. Knowing us, we'll we'll go one nil up and then a Harry Kane double dagger at the end. Uh, but maybe if we get maybe if Griffiths is somehow back fit again, we can fire in a couple of free kicks. That's a big enough. I'm just. I think Monday and then going into the Friday I mean it's going to be chaos if we're 
in pubs or whatever or down in London and then Scotland fans everywhere but hopefully fans yeah. can get to see it yeah I'll, the ultimate I'll, atmosphere a win on, on the 14th then you could possibly even if you get a point from the other two you, you could be getting through there uh, or oh. even as one of the as one of the third place with four points so well look at the, the last Euros you had I think Northern Ireland went through as a best third place team with three points as did Portugal Portugal drew every game and so I mean there's no um, yeah if we win that's the thing a good a definite as Dennis was saying a totally beatable opponent in the Czech Republic we know how the players they're going to have and how they're going to play so I think Clark won't be worried if you imagine if we could win that, we'd instantly be in a fantastic position. So, yeah, hopefully they just play without fear in these games. And for me, it's just that it's just actually getting there and actually seeing Scotland at a major tournament. Like I don't, I just want us to sort of perform well. I don't really, well, I don't really care about the results. I guess. Is what I'm trying to say. But no, I know. I think the element of the pressure off just because we're there might help. Yeah. You might see that the performances are uh, are improved. Uh, but we know we can beat Czech Republic's fourth team, so we can just <laughs> <laughs> if we hope there's no there's no real vaccine by then then we've got a chance. But <laughs> yeah. Steve Clark will be sort of sabotaging that, that process. Oh, surely we can just if they're coming in, we've got home advantage, so we can just stop stop them coming in at the airport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Post post Brexit by then, so I mean, who knows? Celtic fans building fences instead of tearing down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's a load of stuff to look forward to there. Um, I think it would be brilliant if we could get full crowds at uh, the games, obviously especially Hamden um, and I don't know, I've I've got some tickets for some of them so <laughs> that would be that would be really good uh, and you know, you just, just got to be optimistic I suppose of why, why not, why can't we get out and, and do it I think there's less talented teams for example, at the last Euros, um, as of Northern Ireland, is always the comparison we should make because they've got loads of Scottish-based players. Like we definitely have a stronger squad than they did at that Euros, so I think we can get through. Yeah, I think our group's any tougher. I don't think it's like an unmanageable, unmanageable group at all. So yeah, plus you had Albania at the last Euros, which was a that was, that was a tough, a tough couple, <laughs> of, tough couple of pages on the. On the sticker album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to throw life savings in the sticker album. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's when it'll feel uh, the realist. Once you see that first, like John McGinn <laughs> sticker, that'll be absolutely huge. When the first Panini hits the page, I want, I want the those page. stickers to be everywhere. Oh, oh yeah, every, every lamppost across Scotland. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think they probably Panini are can't. <laughs> Can't be any more excited to be honest, because you've got the the three of you there that are well certainly done and the rest you two are huge Panini players. Uh, Mal, you you're quite a big Panini guy as well, you're not. Uh, I'm an enthusiast, but I wouldn't put myself in the same tier as, as either of these guys. <laughs> far from. 
Yeah. So you've got if if we can somehow get that the same amount of hype around the team as we're getting for the Panini album, then we can be going places. <laughs> Which there'll be one player in the Scotland squad in Panini that's no that will be nowhere near the tournament and hasn't been near a squad for you. Uh, predict us or Scott Brown. Yeah, I think, I think Christoph Bera might, might make an appearance in the start of half. Yeah. Who are we going to say, Mel? I, I, I was going to say Kirk Broadfoot, but that might be a, <laughs> be a, a, a step too far. Or maybe Kirk Broadfoot will be the tournament, who knows? <laughs> for, I, think we all, I think we all know. If, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if, we're, if we're really struggling, then we'll see. Yeah. Brian Graham. Um, so I've got a I've got a question before we move on to the next the next bit, uh, and it's a a league cup finals based question. So, twelve players have scored in the league cup final, uh, and were born. This is since two thousand eleven, two thousand ten, eleven. And were born outside of Scotland. Twelve players have scored in the final. And were born outside Scotland. Does that include 2010-11? Sorry. Yes, it does, yeah. Okay. Yelovich. Last... Yeah. Last ten years, born players to have scored in the League Cup final. Yeah, basically. Uh, Van, Van Tornout. <laughs> Yeah, that one always that one always seems to come up. As Melkin Calves. Yes. That's excellent. Correct, yeah, good knowledge. Um one one of these players has scored uh, in more than one final as well. Um but yeah, so if you if you get a couple more and then we'll we'll just leave it leave it to Stu. Alex Alex Schalk or Alex Skolik, as Derek Ray would say. Yes. Or Scott. <laughs> yeah. That's what Derek Ray would say, what would Alex Ray say? Crystal. Crystal. Tom Tom Rogers. Yeah, I was thinking. Yes. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a uh, five. Julian. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah Julian for six. So we'll leave it and come back to it. But six down, six left. Uh, see if you get them all. Um, right. So we've got the the other second biggest talking point at the moment is Celtic Football Club. Stephen Dunning, you get the floor here first. Discuss. Right, how long have you got? <laughs> we've got, we've got, as long as you want, within reason. Right, okay. I'll try and so com- compact it as much as I can. I've basically, I've split. <laughs> what? What's what's uh, gone wrong, or is going wrong itself? I've so split it into four parts. So, um. First, first parts the players. I think there's um, too many players have been underperforming, and they sort of have been all season. Um, hearing sort of leaks coming out of the dressing room and 
uh, players wanting to leave, etc. Um, but you know, ultimately they've, they've all underperformed. Um, now you could look at that and say they should be doing they should be doing better. Um, of course they should, be, but nobody's really kind of stepping up. Um, you know, you kind of look to your captain in that situation. Um, Scott Brown's just. He's kind of been in hiding the whole season, uh, but I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I've been kind of reluctant to go after Scott Brown because I know that he's, I know like a, a lot of Celtic fans have kind of turned on him recently and um, he just, you know, fans have done that before as well, but you can't really write off a guy like Scott Brown because um, he has come back before, but I think you notice that time's kind of, running out now and um, but he's he's done nothing really this season to sort of galvanise the team um, other than like a few minutes here and there um, in games where Celtic have been winning which is um, not really been that, that much often but um, <laughs> but like games so like the game earlier on the season against Hibs and sort of like Ross County away and, and even recently in the, the game against Murrow um you can kind of see it there, um, but the rest of the time he's kind of he's kind of been hiding in games, and that's not really what, what you want from a captain. Um, Shane Shane Duffy is for me. I think he's he's probably the biggest waste of money that Celtic have shelled out for a player, given that given that he's not actually a Celtic player, and you know it was uh, millions of pounds to get a guy in. For one season on loan, um, but again, there's there's plenty of other Celtic players that you could probably pick. Um, Barkas, Ayeti, Soro, Klamala, Turnbull, uh, who obviously we've not seen any of. Um, Duffy, Laxell, you know, arguably Laxell's the only player that's that's really done anything. Um, as I say, kind of probably unfair on, on Turnbull, really, because he's not been given a chance. Um, Clamala and Soro, again, not really had enough game time, but then you don't... I don't know. That, that could be a result of what they're doing in training or whatever. Not sure. Um, the other two, um, Barkas, you know, £6 million pounds for a goalkeeper just doesn't doesn't look convincing at all. Um and he's not he's not made any sort of howlers or anything, but he's not really he's not pulled off any big saves either. And um and that the the penalty of the weekend he looked he looked worse than Craig Gordon, which is that's that is a huge thing to say. Um given that Craig Gordon's I don't think he's ever saved a penalty. Um and you know, a Yeti as well just doesn't look fit wasn't fit to start off with. That's, you know, five million pounds again. Um, has scored a few goals, uh, to be fair, and, and, you know, goals and, you know, lay on at Tanadice, as I'm, as I'm sure Mal will, will remember. Um, but, you know, aside from that, in other games, he's just not looked up to. Um, even players that have been there. Um, so, Edward Frimpong and, McGregor really have kind of 
I mean, the whole team have, but I'm, I'm pointing out these three because they've been, um, you know, so the kind of better players in recent times, but obviously they've all kind of gone off the boil as well. Um, and there's, there's a defence as well, which is just collectively the worst. Um, <laughs> it really is. I can't, there's nothing really else I can... I mean, I could add to that, but I don't really want to. Yeah. to get into it anymore um, I don't know if he's funny well, just Di- the, dissect on players the only thing I would say is the, the recruitment thing if you'd probably asked about the transfer window before mm-hmm. most of these this kind of dip in form then I think a lot of fans would have said yeah we're pretty happy with the business like, think- Duff, like Duff, the Duffy signing I think was quite unanimously thought of as needed that sort of player he's just yeah, not done he's... well uh, keeper you'd think must be a good keeper uh, for the money and where he's where he's playing I think he was is he in the national team Greek national team yeah. so you would expect that uh, and Turnbull obviously has been for example chased for a good while so they just not turned out well uh, and the fact that they have cost quite a lot of money is is not ideal but I think yeah in a in a way it's just as you said it's one of the reasons that have been exacerbated uh, in a way because of their bad form yeah exactly it's just um, you know you, you can maybe look in and say like, if one or two players are, are off the boil, then you can sort of change it up and uh, you know draft draft different guys in. But, um, but yeah, it's just it's kind of been the whole team. Uh, so then you kind of look to the manager in that in that situation um, as well as well as the, the rest of them. So uh, John Kennedy and uh, Gavin Strachan as well. No, not like really what, what I've seen from them in, in, in games and stuff like that. You see the camera panning around to the dugout, and it's you know, Kennedy's sitting shrugging his shoulders, and Lennon's looking at Kennedy, and Strachan's fanning about with an iPad. And it's just <laughs> they all just kind of, I don't know, they all just seem a bit clueless. And it's just, uh, I know the guy, the guy that phoned Clyde in used that word clueless about five times to describe what was going on but uh, in a way it was kind of spot on and uh, I just can I you can I get the sense that they've got no idea what's gone wrong and, and how to improve it how to change things to make it better because in every game as well it's a different it's a different start now in every game um, there's a different formation in every game and then they also change formations during the games as well. It's just trying literally everything to make something work, and it's just not happening. And um, the game against Ross County, you're not playing. You've played no wingers. Um, again, so going back to three five two, and you know this doesn't work. So we'll just go back to four two three one, and uh, it's not working. So we'll just go back to three five two. It's just. It's just nonsense, really. Um, no defending as well, which I've, again I've sort of talked about. But it's 
it's a sign of how far the team have regressed um, this season. Um, we've gone from sort of keeping the ball and uh, having decent possession, and yeah, a lot of the time it was kind of boring. You're sort of passing the ball about the back and going to try and break teams down, but give me that over. Just as soon as somebody gets the ball, just punt it up the park and let somebody else try and chase it down or whatever. But um, and you know that's kind of that's all for like on the pitch. But um, learning, learning, and in, interviews is just just absolutely makes my blood boil. Talking about I'm amazing the team, and then seeing that the team are all unified, and um, then. You know, blaming the team for not performing, and then in a different game saying, "Oh, they are performing. We're just unlucky." And, um, you know, ever since, like, pretty much since he came out against uh, after the game against Ferris Faros, when uh, he said about players wanting to leave and stuff like that, just the team and the whole club in general have just sort of been in disarray um, since then. And I, I'm obviously well aware that. Celtic have been on an incredible run in the last sort of nine seasons, but um, but ultimately, sort of fans are furious now because this season is the one that matters really. Um, you know, looking at Ferenc Faros and uh, no shots on goal against Rangers, two four-one defeats to Sparta Prague the first time at home to the reserve team. Um, you know, Lennon should have been he should have been out on any one of those occasions, to be honest. Um, but then to sort of compound it with breaking that uh, home loss record um, since 1958, we certainly lost four home games in a row. Um, but losing it to Ross County, you know, a, a team that have won one in their last 12 league games. Um, now, yeah, I can accept losing a game of football and. Um, but it's the way that Celtic are losing these games. Um, it's two wins in ten games, and it will soon be two wins in eleven by eight o'clock tomorrow night. So that's a that's an eighteen percent win record in that thing. Um, so that that win percentage any club is dreadful. Um, fans should rightfully question why the manager's still in a job at that point. Yeah, um, it's a lot of a lot of uh, good thoughts. What is uh, anybody else get thoughts on it specifically reasons I mean obviously there was the statement again about Lennon Stain that's just come out uh, which I know is probably another another one of your many uh, gripes but who else has got any thoughts on it I think uh, as Darren said a big part of the problem is obviously the recruitment but you look at some of the guys in Barkas for one like we looked up the other night and apparently he's Six foot four and a half. He looks about five eight. Like, <laughs> he looks so small compared to. Like, you wouldn't. It just doesn't. He doesn't fill you with any confidence. And the Turnbull one, I know he's uh, had to isolate because of COVID in the last couple of weeks, but it baffles me that he's been given zero shot at all. Celtic so desperately they look like they, they need a driver, like force in the midfield, someone will take the ball and move it positively. And you just doesn't seem to get any look in. Again, Cham's a bigger name and has potential to be a good player. But 
he's another one I don't think he's very good this year and I think Turnbull could have done a job desperately missed James Forrest it's I think he just lacks so much width Christy, yeah, I think Christy's brilliant but I don't think he's a I don't think he's a winger he cut like he, well, I think that's part of the problem with Frimpong as well on the right as he looks up and he's never got anyone in front of him it's just he has to do all of it himself mm-hmm. and this doesn't work that's that's a fair point. It's something else that I didn't quite touch on. But you know, playing playing players out of position constantly uh, obviously doesn't help. And you know, again, so it comes down to recruitment side of things. Where you knew that Mikey Johnson was injured, uh, your only your only winger at that point was James Forrest before they got Elianusi on them. Um, and if Forrest went out, then there's really no one. Like, there'd be no one else really that you could put in at that position. Yeah, Carroll put him early for one. I think I know he's super young, but I think him sort of strange as well. They seem to be breaking into the team towards the end of last year. Like mm-hmm. was on the bench frequently. He was getting minutes, and now he gets no minutes anymore. Again. And he's a winger. He gets zero minutes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. He sends that no, there's no plan in what Celtic are doing at, at any level, which seems incredible. Because you say, Dernan, rightly, like they switch between formations from game to game if things aren't working out. And you say they've been on an incredible run. I don't really understand what's going on at the club for players like Incham and Drogic, whoever, who might want to leave, for them to be so demotivated in a, an important season for the club. Surely it would be worth their while just to keep up a level of performance, even from a selfish level, just to be involved winning medals for themselves and getting attention from scouts. Um, the Turnbull signing, as you say, Davis, I don't understand how you can sign a player who, as much as he had, had injury problems, was the absolute star of the league You know, two seasons ago. was phenomenal. And to see things go so badly and not introduce him at some point before now he's, he's obviously anti-isolate um, again that doesn't it doesn't strike you that between the recruitment and what's actually happening on the pitch that there's a real sort of connection there it seems as if they sign players almost kind of at random like Klamala when they didn't necessarily they didn't necessarily need a striker and he again he's never never been ready or good enough to play for the first team apart from a handful of times Um rather than getting the key positions that they really needed or as again as you mentioned get putting Dembele in the team continuing to like at least try and develop him with some more minutes because yeah he was on what he was on the bench for the Scottish Cup final in 2019 yeah against Hearts so I mean that's now you know that's that's 18 months on from that and he's barely barely been involved since so again you get this the feeling he's, he's old enough now that he could be involved and that's the thing you just you don't get the sense that there's any real cohesion at any level which is baffling for a team that's been doing so well yeah and his, uh, his substitutions in games as well are just completely mind-blowing at I mean the ones the other night are the worst <laughs> the worst stuff <laughs> I think it's really on the 10 minutes <laughs> but that shows yeah, exactly. the like, comes on when it's 2-0 with like four minutes to go it's yeah like, exactly and you bring an Edward off when you're chasing the game as well it's just yeah 
And then try and make more of a statement when he's like previously when the when he's played Ferris Ferris for a striker. Um making a statement when he doesn't he's getting players assignment for something that he actually doesn't want. Um is that what he's he's trying to do? Obviously it's went too far now, obviously, we're in December and he's still can't yeah. win games and but I mean even with the players half the players you've got, it should be still be steamrolling games and you could just play probably just play eight men they'd still be a better quality <laughs> most teams in the league I would definitely think that's part of it that I, I don't think he likes playing some of the guys there's definitely seems to be a disconnect between whoever's doing the signings and Lennon but whoever is doing the signings between the two of them like signing Sorrow one year then Turnbull while you still have Brown who apparently will never be dropped McGregor and Cham and Rogic but having issues that they're one winger like you don't yeah, what, what just, formation is is that trying to play? You just trying to play five centre mids and Christie well, an attacking midfielder as well, not a winger. Like it just yeah. doesn't make you saw Christie for Scotland at his best playing off the striker, not playing out wide, yeah. just playing off a off a striker. And um, no, definitely, and and that's you know kind of ultimately that's what happened at the weekend. But Celtic were just trying. to play through the middle of the park and it was just it was so easy for Ross County just to all I had to do was sit back and just because we knew that Celtic wouldn't be able to break that down and ultimately that's that's kind of what happened um, yeah just absolutely sick sick of, sick of Lennon <laughs> sick of fucking sick of the board as well yeah I mean which was my next, that, that was my kind of next point that I was going to come on to but Right. Well, just just before you do, like I think uh, teams now are playing. It's got to the point where teams are now playing Celtic, expecting to get something as opposed to uh, anything would be a bonus. Uh, you've got the added problem of Rangers seemingly just hammering everybody uh, and doing so well. Um, which is not not adding to it in any kind of positive light. I mean, the, the run of fixtures coming up are seemingly favourable, but then with the, the Ross County result, you wonder, uh, no matter who it is they're playing, are they going to are they going to struggle? Uh, pr- probably teams are now sitting in knowing that they're going to get chances on the break and that they're not going to get. Uh, broken down as much you look Rangers at the moment are getting behind teams so easily and are going a bit more direct and uh, getting to the byline putting in crosses and stuff and Celtic just aren't aren't able to penetrate in that way anymore at all no yeah exactly um, but yeah so looking looking at the, the fixtures coming up but um, obviously Milan tomorrow but then even even St Johnson, like St Johnson, have been on a pretty good run recently, um, and that game's at Celtic Park as well. So, um, so who, who knows what what will happen um, with that one? But I've just yeah, it's must watch for the rest of us at the moment. In the sense that it is quite exciting to see. A, like the best team for the last decade go through a patch that's 
not happened for 15 years, well, 70 years, pretty much. That's bad, but... Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. I guess that's kind of the other thing, is like how quickly it's just, it's just all crumbled. Yeah, it's not even like Rangers blips, where they have like five games in a row have been bad. It's, it feels more of a huge... You wonder if this wasn't a 10 in a row year. Like, if, it, if this was just, say, you were back 15 years and, like, O'Neill or Strachan... Like if Mowbray, Mowbray didn't have a spell this bad. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. That was that bad, but but uh, do you wonder because there's no fans, they're not driving the players on as well in certain games. Like they wouldn't have stood for that uh, the weekend, so they've been yeah, one down, and then fans went right in the back of the players, and then the players have thought, oh, wait a minute, we need to step up here. Whereas if they've only got Lennon shouting out beside them, and he's just slumped over, looking at a, looking at a laptop, and yeah, maybe that first there. That's definitely going to be a big part of it. It's harder than a hard year for all the players, especially when there's so much riding on it. The Rangers are almost getting to probably play a slightly more pressure-free year because the onus is on Celtic to win the league. Yeah, yeah that's um, a good point. Yeah. Good point. Every, every club's in the same position, though. Yeah, exactly. It's just the it's the motivation's not there. Yeah. And the well, that's that, yeah. I've never seen uh, an assistant manager slouch as much as John Kennedy he just says slouch like he genuinely like he looks like he couldn't give a fuck it's bizarre yeah with, with the crowd being there though that it does add to that uh, extra element I think like you say that all the teams are the same they are but they've not all got 50,000 either uh, you know booing them at half time as would have been the case there yeah uh, to give them that boost, um, yeah. I, I think I think it is a big factor. But yeah, um, a lot of pressure. They're, they're playing under the the most pressure I think they have for the last what ten seasons, obviously. So, um, mm-hmm. you were going to say something about the board there. <laughs> well, aye. So the other two parts. One of them is to do with recruitment, which I won't. Gwinty. But the other, the other major point is is the board, um, and that's where my sort of main my main focus of my anger just now is with uh, is with them. Um, sort of statements coming out with statements are just a complete joke to any Celtic fan who's went out and bought merchandise and uh, paid for virtual season tickets, um, knowing that they probably weren't getting too many games, if any. Um, for them to come out with a statement uh, standing by Neil Lennon because of what sort of 10 to 15 idiots did uh, in Celtic Park after the, the game against Ross County it was just a complete disgrace um, and I think you know the sort of vast majority of Celtic fans now are, um, are sort of seeing that side of the board Um and you know, I think their their time's up as well now. Um, the you know they kind of they felt like they needed a change from from when a championship Rangers team beat Celtic on penalties. Um, so that that alone was enough for Dermot Desmond to put his hand in his pockets to fund Brendan Rodgers coming in. Um, so at what point now are we waiting to make? A change, um, and you know, stopping 
pretty much every game now from becoming an embarrassment. Um, the way like the way Peter Lowell approached Lennon in the showers after the Scottish Cup final and offered them the job on a permanent basis. Um, after winning the treble treble, just that it uh, it did actually leave a, a sour note for me because um, on that day I didn't want Lennon to be manager on a permanent basis. I thought that was a good sort of stopgap for them to try and look to find somebody better that, that could come in and sort of take up where Rogers had, had left. Um, Celtic, but instead Pierre Lowell just decided to punt CVs in a drawer. Didn't, didn't read them. Uh, instead, just sat sat in his arse and did fuck all. Offered the job to Lennon because it was the easy way out. Um, you know, couldn't couldn't really be fucked looking into who Celtic could get. In. Um, and you know, like Celtic's budget means that they should be blowing teams away and should be winning. Trophy after trophy, um, but you know Lennon, Lennon, uh, Lowell, Lowell, and the rest of them really took, they basically just took the easy way out, um, and really this this point was always going to happen for Lennon, um, has had has happened with every other managerial position that he's that he's had, when things go wrong he doesn't know how to fix it. Really, that's that's ultimately it. For me, I think you know I've uh, I've relieved a bit of, <laughs> bit of stress there. Yeah, feeling a bit better. That's so, what it is. It's just a therapy session for you. <laughs> no, I mean it, the only thing I was going to say is, do you think that just to kind of finish up on that, do you think that it can change just as quickly as it's gone wrong? Like, do you think it can it can be improved as quickly as it's gone wrong, or is that just wishful thinking? I mean, there's always a chance that it could, but I just don't. I, I can't see it at all. Really, just the, the way things have been going recently, and uh, nothing seems to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse in every game. Um, we've already seen. I've I've seen enough from Lennon to know that he doesn't know how to change things. So, um, I can't see it for me. Um, Similarly, though, it'd be, it'd be typical of Celtic to actually go to San Siro and put in a good performance and. <laughs> Maybe get something for the game, but nah, I just I can't see it really. Yeah, but then it's it's all about the uh, it's all about the league, isn't it? And if if that Ross County game there was in the league, then I think it almost would be uh, the end of the ten. If if it's not yeah. already, it's it's definitely not. But uh, you know, if they if they drop more points now and Rangers continue, then. It will be probably done before Christmas, so lots of yeah. pressure on him, and he needs to he needs to deliver. Because if even if it goes out another few weeks, that'll look terrible if they then say right, we actually need to get rid of him now because you've wasted another month or whatever it is. They're just sat waiting for for some reason for something to happen. But I don't know what needs to happen now for him to get sacked. Yeah, well, uh, from from poor form to good form, uh, we've got Queens, Partick Thistle, and Dundee United. Uh, with different 
different levels of flying, but starting with Queens, uh, they are they are doing really well. But you did you did predict it, and are they going unbeaten? Uh, yeah, I'll say yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't see. I mean, we'll lose now the weekend, but <laughs> I think we've gotten better and better. Like at the weekend, they are standing anywhere a slightly better test. So they went. We can see their, can see their goal for the first time. Uh, but then scored in the first half to make it one each, and then left it late, but had all the game in the second half. Could. Could have been way more, uh, and we got Simon Murray back, who will tear the division apart. Fifteen minutes was a goal and assist for his first competitive game in, I think, fifteen months. So once he's fully fit and firing, him and Bob McHugh up front, McHugh's now scored two and two. I think, I think we should absolutely dominate the league. Was he? Had he been injured, Murray? Yeah, he'd yeah. done his um, cruciates uh, when he was in South Africa. Right. Uh, so this was he played a couple of or he played in a few friendlies with us and uh, reserve games and things to try and get fitness up. But that was his first competitive game for fifteen months. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's a huge asset, as you say. Like I think it's looking comfortable at the moment. Uh, but still, though, an unbeaten season would be still a huge achievement. Yeah, it'd obviously be difficult just because there's still 27 games we'll have to play. But at the moment, we look by far and away the best team in the division. Whereas, as you would expect, as acting as a sort of Celtic of the third division now, you know, forking out huge amounts of cash on guys. But if we don't, if we if we do lose a game, I still think we'll win the league by even though it's a shortened season by double digits. Because I we won't I don't think we'll drop enough points compared to what the other teams will take off each other. So strong Cammy Bell retired yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so that actually. But that actually, was, like, that was he didn't play a minute for us, so I mean no, probably good to help to the young boy, but we've got like the Scotland under seventeen keeper. Anyway, it was like so he'll be on the bench. So I was I I don't mind that. And actually, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that we've conceded. Now, there's one of those things that I don't really want. We've got broke our record for not conceding a goal. So now that we broke the record, I think to get out of the way, it doesn't need to be a focus anymore. We can just go focus on winning and scoring goals. So it doesn't matter if we win 4-1 or, uh, or 1-0. Like, we just go win. So. Yeah. So I thought McKinnon. McKinnon might be a way to sell it. He'll, he'll, he'll sneak his way to another big job. But, who knows? Snake. He'll snake his way. Yeah, he's snake. Ah, snake. That's what all the Morton fans and Falkirk fans just call him Snake. <laughs> we like it. I mean, it's. Yeah, you, sorry. What did you say? No, you go. No, my point was terrible. I can't even remember. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it was good. As was, was the rest said, it was good to say I get that. That monkey off our back with with conceding that goal means they can just sort of focus on a normal sort of game plan rather than also having that in the back of their minds. Do you mean? Beast on Saturday, though, playing in that sort of stock car track. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much the worst ground in Scotland. So that's the sort of right. elements that are are 
coming into the games now where it's the the conditions and the weather and all that sort of stuff that means the record could go. It's not it's not the, the players on the pitch really in a way. That's it. It's these games like I think Cowden Cowden away is always a pretty disgusting game to play in. Just it's just a horrible place. It's just, it's so just, tight and small. Yeah, it's just the worst. It's just the worst ground in the country by a mile. So like that's if we're going to drop us, that's the sort of game that we could. Obviously, they'd rather trust playing at Hamden, having this uh, being full time, having what should be the fitter players and the style of football that we're going to play. We should be winning every game at Hamden, like on a big massive pitch with loads of space. Yeah, teams really should be able to compete with us. Uh, so if we do lose, it will be in a horrible slugfest in a game like that. But we also have guys like Peter Grant and Lee Day and uh, Grant Gillespie, the guy that we signed from down south, Kenny's Carroll, who are big, big guys as well that shouldn't really get bullied by anyone who should be able to deal with big, ugly third division players. So, yeah. we'll see. And David Cox will get sent off anyway. Simon Cox. No, why That's shite kind of player that gets sent off every other week and then blames blames other people. Do you remember when uh, when Celtic had that run of not conceding? Those were the glory days. <laughs> yeah. So it's like about half at the moment without conceding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I genuinely would. <laughs> uh, Thistle, Kev, what are your thoughts? Pretty good run of form recently. Uh, a draw and then yeah. two wins, four points off the top. Decent fixtures coming up. That's it. It's been a good month for us in November. Um, we played played well. Kept three clean sheets in a row in the last the last games. Um, and as you say, Sam, um, the games coming up with Dumbarton starting Dumbarton on Saturday, then got forced away, Peterhead at home, and then. Um, Falkirk and Boxing Day is the big one again so hopefully we can get say nine points out of the first three and then try and get some points off Falkirk because we should have we should have beat Falkirk at the start of the month um, we were a bit sloppy at the end um, and conceded a late goal so we're, we're getting there and hopefully we can continue to get players back from injury because over the last month or so I've not been able to fill the bench and we've only had four players um, on the bench so um, hopefully some players return leading up to Christmas or we don't get any more injuries because if we get any more then it's really going to hamper the squad um, and just finally actually enjoying football maybe for the first time in years yeah <laughs> just to see it's funny how it's it's funny how it's turned that's exactly what I was going to say yeah some <laughs> in the, the highlights as well I've seen a couple of really good goals uh, even even the own goals that teams are scoring uh, are good <laughs> yeah that was a, I mean the Falkirk game was a freak a freak on goal um, I get to give them the lead in that game and then it was a really nice finish from uh, Brian Graham and, uh, two weekends ago against East Fife and ran through and chipped it so it was looking good but it's we just need to keep it up and get other players in a team scoring so it was good on Saturday for um, Murray to get his first goal for Thistle um, from, from the corner and just try to pick up extra player, extra goals throughout the team and try. obviously we've started winning our only beating teams maybe 1-0 one, 
or by the odd goal and we need to start maybe scoring more goals. I think goal difference will, will make a difference uh, going forward, especially if you want to try, keep get up the league because we're already a good few goals behind Falkirk and Cove as it is. Yeah, and I think is it Christmas or just after New Year that you play Falkirk? Or just before Christmas? Yeah, Boxing Day we play Falkirk. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's playing. Um, that's a test, and it uh, could make up. Yeah, uh, Falkirk were impressive when they played at Firhill, um, so hopefully we can just build up some momentum um, throughout December leading up to that game. And I think we're go hopefully going the right direction. Uh, where we hope where we. Well, we want to be top of the table after sort of slow start. Yes, it's nice and positive what we like to see. Big the big teams in Glasgow doing well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, only big, only big by um, letter count. <laughs> Age for Queens as well. <laughs> uh, as as for the United, Mal, what's your your take so far? I think fairly positive as well, really. I'd say so. I mean, I think last time we were talking, United had just lost to Livy at home, and that was the worst I'd seen United play for a long time. And things at that point were maybe looking dodgy, but we knew we had a decent run of fixtures coming up. And we've dealt fairly well with that. I mean, we've had the last five games have been 3 nil nil draws and 2-2-1 uh, and two, two, wins. So I suppose you, you'll take the draws if... Um, if you can win the other games and that, that that turns into a decent run, five unbeaten. Some of the games have been atrociously bad to watch. <laughs> it's not been like if you're talking about the sort of football you'd want when you can't go so there's no event into you're just sitting in your living room watching it on the stream, you would always think you'd want excitement. Even though the, the meaning of the games is obviously enough, they've I mean United have had no interest in, in entertaining any fans this season, which is it's fair enough. They've not they've no obligation to, um, but like <laughs> I mean they kind of do in a way. That's quite a funny statement. Yeah. <laughs> the the nil the nil nils of uh, well they certainly don't play as if they have had any obligation. The the nil nils is the St Mirren nil nil was uh, luckily was played in a sort of mist. The, the same, by the time it got to like 60 minutes in the, the game itself was com- almost completely invisible which is ideal by the same like any action was missed <laughs> yeah the, the best team suited to play in <laughs> mist and fog yeah I sort of spot the ball but you, you know it's not in the opponent's half or box because they certainly get very few yeah. touches there but I think um, like in that one you know, these were just games where United were doing nothing. So at least um, in the two home games, like the county game at home and the Hamilton game, the most recent game in the league there, they managed to get wins. Like the, the county game should have been more comfortable. The Hamilton game, we were pretty lucky. But I think after a lot of games where we hadn't scored, we went behind against Hamilton with over an hour gone. And I, I thought they would they would hang on. It'd be a classic Hamilton win. Um, but... United showed good recovery. It's a bit not like Queens because Queens have been doing well, but you know Queens when they conceded finally against Denny um, recovered well and won that game. United hadn't conceded for a wee while and managed to recover quite well to beat Hamilton um, 
And Clark, good too in that game, and he's been doing really well. Like, I mean, he's got seven in the league. I think he's the third top scorer behind Ferguson and Tavernier. So he's had a good start. That's his first ever season in the top flight, and he's, he's settled in well to playing at that level. Shankland's obviously suffering a bit more from well, he's had injuries. He's also maybe just being marked a bit better. We're also not creating nearly as many chances, obviously, as we were in the championship. So he's it's taken a while, or it's going to take a while for Shankland to, to really start firing. Um, but the, the fixtures are getting a lot tougher now. We've got Libby away this weekend, and then after that, it's Rangers, Hibs. We've got Motherwell. A nice, a gentle trip to Parkhead just before New Year. So that's that three points is guaranteed. <laughs> points. But apart from that, we got Aber, Aberdeen just after New Year. So um, that is, the fixtures are going to get harder now. So it's good to at least have banked some kind of, you know, a safety net of a decent points total if if December proves to be a kind of tough month, which it might be, but maybe can play with a bit less pressure. Yeah. Plus, with no obligation, ten or ten, they can just. <laughs> They <laughs> can just go out there and get get the bus parked. Exactly. Well, that's I suppose the good thing is maybe in the past, well, since United were in the top flight, but you know if United are used to playing quite an attacking style, which they certainly were, um, with McNamara and often with Houston as well, then it was more difficult to convert to defensive formation to play against top teams. That will not be an issue again against uh, when we play Rangers in a couple of weeks. I'm sure they'll be the players will be well drilled terms of what they're going to do so at least that that could hopefully lead to a decent defensive performance and maybe just hope we can provide shine under Clark with something going forward yeah quite take your chances against them that's for sure yeah please um right so six names to finish off six names uh scorers born outside Scotland league cup final you've got yeah, 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 I was going to say that. Yeah, Dembele, Dembele in the seventeen and sixteen final. Born outside Scotland. Yes. I think it did. Thomas Ronyu score against Rangers in the final. Oh, uh, no, he uh, didn't. Joe Joe Ledley did. Joe Ledley did though. Joe Ledley. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's who um, did Fontaine score for Ross County against Hibs? Correct. Yeah, great shout. You've got. Um, I thought Michael Gard Michael Garding scored. That's cool. Yeah. Was it was three one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And Fontaine signed for Hibs. Yeah, Fontaine and Shalk and Garding. Yeah. The guy that played. So he went back. Then he went back to. Then he went to Ross County after that. So you've got all of them, uh, you're missing the scorers from the 2015, one from 2013 and one from 2011. Oh, uh, Davis? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Stephen Davis. Mm. I mean, one of them's against United, but I fully erased that 2015 final <laughs> from my memory because that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Mario Bilatti who we were playing up on that day. That's all I know about that game. Yeah. I think Forrest scored, but I don't know who else scored for Sally. I can't yeah. really remember. Yeah. Oh, oh, Commons isn't born in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Mario Bilatti. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, great shout. Uh, so there's only only Plus one more. That's not bad. Wait, one nothing. Only get only get one to get. Um, what year did you say it was? So Hart's one. Hearts one. Erin sort of the guy that played for Newcastle. Connor Newton. Correct. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's six. That's all twelve. Who were the Hearts goal? I was going to I, before you said the one from Newcastle. Um, I was going to ask who were the. Is that a Hearts goalie? That Vincent scored, scored, didn't he? Yeah, right. Vincent I think. Price? Yeah, I think he did. If I remember. Ben Thompson was the other one for Sutton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great yeah. celebration. That's yeah. sort of cold, cold air. Good, uh, good knowledge and good way to end the episode. Um, I, I was gonna, I was gonna come up with some other questions, but then I thought, no, nah, I'll end up with like spending most of the time asking that and have that three hundred answers. So. <laughs> uh, no, that was good. Save it, save it for the for the quiz podcast. <laughs> yeah, well just just a pure a pure question based one. But no, um, thanks again for doing it. Hopefully it was hopefully it was good again. Um, we'll get you on once. We'll get a a pre Euros episode, obviously, and some more before that. But uh, no, live from London. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Live from uh, Trafalgar Square. <laughs> yeah. No, so thanks, thanks for coming on and cheers. Well, it's good to come on and talk positively about football for once. Exactly. Yeah, good to, good to be enjoying football for some of us. I like that. It's a good, good way to put it. Um, well, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe, maybe next time Lennon will be a firm fan's favourite. Next time we record, so it will be flying. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. The banter years is well and truly been handed over. <laughs> the baton, the baton has the been bat- handed over. The baton, baton years, baton, baton years. That's it. Oh, I've, right. talked, I've talked long enough of that. Words are silent. Bye, bye, baton. Uh, all right. Cheers to anybody who listened, and we will catch you next time. Good night.